You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. Hey, it is Friday, July the 17th, 2020, and it is time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. As usual, I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and as usual, joining us is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, happy Friday. Hey, Craig, happy Friday. Uh, very uh, interesting week here. Uh, lots of exciting things going on in the uh, metals and in the stock. So let's have at it. Let's have at it. It has been an exciting week. And we've had a lot of uh, beatdowns in price, it seems. But nevertheless, as we speak, we are still up. And I want to invite everybody uh, to take a look at the SprottMoney.com homepage. Besides the great deals on bullion you'll find there, you'll find all sorts of investment-related information from the blogs, that are written every day under the Insights tab. But also, once a month, we have our Ask the Expert segment with great folks in the past, including you, Eric, who I recall a few months back. This month, it's going to be uh, London wholesale bullion expert Andrew McGuire. Great opportunity for anybody out there to pose questions for Andy. And I, of course, will relay them on to him to get his answer during the Ask the Expert segment. So please, if you have any questions for Andrew McGuire, please send them to us at the word submissions at SprottMoney.com and then look for that segment to be posted by late next week. My friend, we are, like I said, having a maybe a little bit better week than it feels with silver up 50 cents and the gold-silver ratio coming down. What do you make of all of this? Yeah, it's all good. I, I should mention about the Andrew McGuire, who I have the highest regard for. I went to see Andrew in London when GATA had a conference there. And, of course, GATA has been a wonderful supporter of all people invested in precious metals and pointing out the manipulation and all that. And, of course, Andrew's been very, very uh, important in all of that when he uh, sent documents to the SEC and Department of Justice pointing out exactly what was going on in silver. Of course, the DOJ found no evidence of wrongdoing uh, back then. This is probably like... Oh my God! It might be ten years ago. Yeah. But of course, they seem to be changing their view. You know, they have uh, some um, uh, traders at J.P. Morgan and other uh, other brokers who are are being charged with uh, spoofing at a minimum. But a, a, an interview with Andrew is uh, very much looked forward to. When when I go to some websites that I interview him regularly, including yours, I love to see that that Andrew's on there. So I would say to our listeners, make sure you uh, listen in to Andrew McGuire. Okay, you want me to talk about the week? Let's sure. see. Well, let's just deal with the things in the market. Uh, as you know, the COVID thing kind of uh, moves in and moves out, and the, the contrast between New York having zero deaths and Florida going crazy, and these are very, very difficult things to to have juxtaposed with, with each other. Because um, you know, obviously, if you have social distancing and you're serious, you can, you can get the disease to... Uh, to control itself, and if you don't, well, then you pay the price. And it's unfortunate that in some of those states, they're paying the price, and it's going to slow things down. And um, as uh, we've had various experts point out, it looks like the recovery is not going to be the V-type recovery. Uh, and I would, one of the things I'd like to suggest that our listeners be very uh, careful of. You know, when somebody points out there's some economic data in June that was better in May, that was better in April, well, I would hope so. Right. I mean, we, we, we went, we're in a depression. <laughs> it better get better. The, the thing you always have to do is say, well, what was it like year over year? 
And, and for example, we just can't have this beat things. So, so JP Morgan, for example, beat the estimate, but year over year, their earnings were down 50%. Well, okay, they beat, but it was down 50%. Well, does that mean the stock should be down 50%? Well, it actually is down about 33, uh, I think, from its high. But be very careful with statistics, because every statistic economically should be better, because we right, we're coming out of the gutter here. So don't get conned. Um, U.S. dollar showing like some tremendous weakness here. We're right. We're almost starting with a 95 here in terms of the DXY. I think we're at 96 point something, 96 small, 02 or something like that. Uh, 96.12, I'm showing it right now. But it looks like it's getting weaker here. Uh, I think the other macro thing to be very, well, of course, we got interest rates continue to go down. Yep. Which is, you know, interest rates are saying we're in trouble. Stock market says everything's great. One of them is going to be wrong, okay? Um, we have this renewed tech war, China versus uh, the U.S. Of course, NASDAQ's come under some pressure here because of this, because there'll be no winners in that. There'll be nothing but losers on, on all sides. So that's what I'd say are the things that are kind of governing the general stock market these days. We're headed toward another Fed meeting as well. That's going to be week after next, that last week of July. Yeah, you mentioned uh, interest rates still going down, and they promised us, uh, Powell himself promised back in June, that the Fed funds rate is going to stay at zero through 2022. Uh, also, at the end of this month, Eric, we'll be moving into the August gold deliveries, August being a delivery month for COMEX gold. I would imagine that'll be on your plate. Well, I watch the COMEX very carefully every day now, and, I, and there's a lot of things going on in COMEX that are very important to watch. And, of course, as you point out, the August gold contract is coming up for first notice day, Wednesday, two weeks hence, okay? And I, I don't know the exact number, but I think there's like 270,000 open contracts, uh, which is uh, a, a lot of ounces of delivery. Uh, that would be 27 million ounces, which would be incredible. We only mine 80 million ounces a year, by the way. Uh, but that number will go down. But there's nine trading days left. It's coming down grudgingly. Uh, it's, and one of the other interesting things about the gold contract, every day since uh, first notice day for this month's contract, the amount of gold standing for delivery goes up. Every day it goes up. In other words, no matter what deliveries are made in a day, the open interest does not decline by that amount because someone's in there buying it every day. And when I look at the gold numbers, I get things like 830 new contracts, 252, 123, 123, 634, 131, 206, 159, 159. Every day it goes up. Somebody's in there buying physical gold, theoretically physical gold, every day, above and beyond the original notifications, which were also huge. So, And uh, so the gold contract looks interesting with August coming up here very shortly, and we'll be watching that. Of course, the other interesting thing going on in the comics is what's going on with silver. Yep. As we know, there were something like 6,700 contracts. Uh, if I got that right, yeah, it was uh, uh, how many ounces did we have? We got to have about 67 million ounces, I think, something like that, that were nominated for on the first notice day. Right. Uh, but e even, even in silver, we've added 5,600 new contracts during this month well normally that never happens so uh, yet again people are in there buying these things that's that's an extra 25 million ounces like 
where do these ounces come from? And we furthermore, we have these uh, purchases of the SO, of the ETS, which have been about 220 million so far this year. So we got roughly half a year. If we continue on the first half pace, we'd do about 400 million of the 800 million ounces we mine. Well, there's not 400 million ounces available for the ETFs, okay? But some of the stuff is supposed to go into industrial things. Furthermore, as I've already pointed out, the uh, the deliveries in the uh, July silver contract are pushing like probably 75 million now for the month, one month. That's that's uh, one month's production right there, you know, yeah. like it's ridiculous. So we got all those good things happening in silver. I suspect it, it's going to break out here. Uh, I actually made some calls yesterday to find out, well, where can you buy a significant amount of silver? And believe me, it's, it's at a premium, significant premium to, to the spot price. Yeah. Yeah. And of course the spot price is already lower than the futures price, which is kind of hokey. The futures price is, uh, 1980 and the spot price is like 1920. Right. But meanwhile, where you actually trade silver is probably more like 1970 for large bars. And, and I keep wondering, well, where are these guys getting their quotes? Where does Kit go? Where do these other guys get their quotes from? You can't buy a coin anywhere near the spot price. You can't buy a silver bar near the spot price. What's with the quote? So I think we have, as you look at what's going on in, in the markets, you realize that the situation is very, very tight on a physical basis. In silver, uh, it's broken out on the uh, COMEX pricing. The previous high, I think, was like 1960, and we hit... 1980, there's maybe 1950. Anyway, we're about that spot market. We need to get to uh, through 1957, and we're not quite through it yet. And Eric, I'm going to uh, put in a shameless plug for my site for a second along those lines, because back on Wednesday, uh, a guy that I've known now for several years is Ken Lewis, who is the CEO of Atmex, okay, which I know is yep. a competing company which brought money, but they're about the largest online bullion dealer. And I, ha- I spoke with Ken for about a half hour, and there is free audio at my tfmetalsreport.com site with Ken Lewis. And so if anyone wants to know about the premiums uh, and what he's paying at the wholesale of, he's paying like 40 cents over spot for grain, okay. um, not, not wheat and soybean, silver grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, anyway, really remarkable kind of inside baseball. Uh, and this guy's like the CEO, like I said, CEO of Atmex. So I'd encourage everybody, if you want to know more about what Eric was just talking about, uh, go to my TF Metals Report site and look for that interview. It's really fascinating. Um, Eric, the, the silver continues to flow into the ETFs as well. A GLD has its highest stated inventory since April of 2013. Where the heck are they getting all this metal? That's the $64 million question. I, I, I can't believe that the SLV is really getting the metal. <laughs> Am I supposed to believe that you can put 5 million ounces in every day or 2.5 million ounces in every day when that's all we produce every day? I don't get it. I, yeah. There's some, somebody signing some piece of paper saying that they're going to deliver it, but you know who knows when. Maybe it's on the never-ending plan. I should mention one other thing that I know the listeners would care about. Okay, I own Jared Canyon Gold Mines. We have, let's say, $5 million of surplus cash every month now with the price being up here at $1,800. We're going to put that surplus cash into metals. And I've instructed our people, this month, we're buying silver. And even though we're a gold mine, I think silver is on the cusp of breaking out here. And, of course, I'd, 
I'd love all the other miners to consider that as well. Uh, as you know, uh, First Majestic does that. Keith Newmeyer at First Majestic yep. holds back silver like he held back almost a million ounces of silver in this last quarter. And I wish the other executives would get with the damn program here. Come on, guys. This thing should be going higher. You don't know that things are manipulated when you see the, the uh, volatility day-to-day in the COMEX price of silver and gold. You've got to be kidding me. Who would want to knock something down $20 in a minute for a sale? Nobody does that. It's only some guy purposely trying to knock the price down. So I wish the industry would get on board here. Yeah. So anyway, but don't get on board till I buy it, okay? <laughs> Hey, and uh, I, I, I want to get into the miners here, but I, you made an excellent point to me before we began recording about the valuation of Barrick. And if the yeah. market were to apply that same valuation to some of the stocks we're about to talk about. Right. I looked at it because, you know, Barrick's the big daddy and uh, it, it gets a premium valuation. And I, I believe the valuation is around 50 billion U.S. And I noticed in the quarter just reported they... They um, had about 1.1 million ounces of gold production plus. Uh, but I, I just round that out to, let's say, uh, 5 million a year, okay? And my recollection of Barrick is they used to produce 8 million. Now they produce 5 million after the merger, recent merger. Uh, and, of course, if you produce uh, 5 million um, ounces and your market cap's $50 billion, you're getting a billion-dollar valuation, sorry, $10 billion valuation for each million ounces i.e. a billion-dollar valuation for 100,000 ounces. Now, I can point out to you so many companies who have 100,000 ounces of production that are nowhere near a billion dollars. But to an acquirer, you know, like somebody from, like Barrick buys a guy producing 200,000 and he buys for, let's say, 650 million, but then he gets to value it at 2 billion. Yeah. Well, there's a nice game to play. Mm -hmm. So I think there's lots of upside here in terms of the valuation of production. I've already commented that I think there's lots of upside on the valuation of ounces in the ground because the value is going up exponentially. The profitability of the ounce in the ground is going up exponentially. So for me to suggest that $100 an ounce is a fair price, I don't think it is a fair price, to be honest with you anymore. And I know lots of people use, you know, 25, 50, 60, things like that. I'm, I use mentally $100 an ounce in the ground, so there's lots of opportunity out there. Yep, that's right. No doubt about that. All right, we want to thank everybody for sending in some names again this week uh, for Eric to consider. And We've got a list here. I know uh, speaking of valuation and ounces in the ground and takeover targets and stuff like that, uh, all of that fits into a discussion of Wallbridge, which is frustratingly not really moving much. A lot of folks wondering yeah. what your thoughts are. Yeah, well, it hasn't uh, moved with the, I'm going to call it the junior gold, but it's not a junior gold anymore, okay? When you have a billion-dollar market cap, you're not a junior gold. And I think that billion is a, is a Canadian number, by the way. Uh, and so, and, and you know, I've mentioned this before on the show, it's very difficult to, to move a billion-dollar market cap significantly without very significant developments. And yes, they came out with some drill results, which were great, but... Uh, not enough in my mind to move the needle. And there, there was one great intersection down in the uh, in the lower Tabasco that showed continuity. Uh, but the big thing that we're all waiting for is when they drill the Bal- Balmoral properties 
and when they get to drill lower down in Tabasco, which in the summer, I don't think they can do it because you need, the ground is not as firm as you need it to be. You need, almost need the ground to be frozen to, to be able to drill as deep as they want to drill. And um, they don't have that right now. So we're, we're kind of got COVID-19 is kind of delayed getting some of these deeper drilling going on. But I'm a great believer in the whole, uh, the Balmoral, the Fenelon, uh, the acquisition of other properties from Midland Exploration. I think these guys have a camp and we're going to find out in due course that it's a camp. And much as I might have said, they could have tens of millions of ounces at Fenelon in the camp. Wow, it could be a, a lot bigger than that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of folks are asking this week about further commentary on Free Gold Ventures. Sure. Uh, Free Gold Ventures. Well, first of all, uh, I've got to, again, compliment Brad Alex on his article that he wrote on Golden Summit. And I <laughs> spent time reading it again because I'm quite excited by uh, Free Gold Ventures. And um, basically, with a couple of key drill holes i mean this thing could blow out here if if this company's second drill hole works and let's and then they drill one another 150 meters to the uh to the east and it hits oh boy we could be adding some high grade ounces millions of high grade ounces fast 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 as brad suggested the first 200 meters if if the second hole hits would add 2.87 million ounces well we have another 400 meters to go well that's 9 million ounces, roughly, if they could hit the one further hole going, going east. Plus, the more I study this company, the more I realize that finding the low grades was very easy. It was easy. They only drilled 37,000 meters. They found 6.5 million ounces. Unheard of. And it's because there, on this property, there were 20 former load mines. That's uh, underground mines way back like 100 years ago. But where there's a load mine, there's probably an oxide cap, which is your lower grade ore. So I think they're going to have a field day finding some of this lower grade ore, which three years ago, you didn't want to find lower grade, any more lower grade ore. It wasn't de rigueur. It's de rigueur today. So I think they have a very good chance of finding lots of lower grade ore and lots of high grade ore. So I'm very excited by it. There's some comment on some of the chat about concern for refractory ore, which they have refractory ore. It's sulfide. Uh, one of the reasons I'm intrigued by it, I own a roaster down in, uh, in um, Nevada, which treats refractory ore. We've actually suggested, well, maybe you should concentrate your ore. We'll ship it down to uh, Jerry Canyon. We'll roast it for you. Might be cheaper than putting in your own biox plant. We'll see. And uh, furthermore, I've heard that there's uh, potentially some new methodologies for getting uh, for extracting gold out of these refractory ores. That's going to be way cheaper than the existing uh, bioleaches or pox or uh, roasters, things like that. So I think there's, I'm not worried that we'll find a way of getting the gold out of the free gold ventures. Isn't uh, Durigur something like that the new name for RNC? What I can't no. <laughs> no, you're conferring that, con- confusing that with. Carora. Yes, yes, Carora. yes. Not Corona, Carora. Carora. The new Carora. And uh, I, of course, stepped up my position in Carora by buying a big block of stock from uh, Metallica uh, Minerals, or royalties, I guess it is. Uh, and, and the reason I did that is I could kind of see that the beta hunt high-grade zones 
still offer all sorts of opportunity. That was a story two years ago or back in 18 when they drilled the Father's Day vein and found 30,000 ounces in a very, very small little area. So it's high grade. They found subsequently uh, smaller parts of that. But this thing, this vein uh, strikes, uh, they got totaled at 16 kilometers of veins. And this uh, pyritic sediment where the, where the gold kind of pukes out is in all of it. So I'm kind of hoping that things will happen there in terms of uh, exploration. Uh, they announced their production, which was 24,000 ounces. So there's your 100,000 ounce producer that might be worth a billion U.S., which is trading at, I don't know what the market cap is today, but probably 400 million Canadian, something like that. Um, and lots of exploration upside. Money's moving into the bank. They've cut the uh, royalties. Uh, they've re- got rid of their hedges. They got the price increases happening in gold. Uh, one of the Canadian the brokers, Red Cloud, put out a price target of a dollar thirty. It's trading at seventy. Uh, so I think there's plenty of upside there. All right, just a couple more. Uh, sticking with Canadian gold, how about Amex Exploration? Yeah, Amex had some phenomenal hole. I think it was forty-four grams over. I'm going to say 10 meters, it might have been 12. Like, that's a stunning, stunning hole. And continues. they continue to uh, to improve the strike length. They continue to improve the vertical uh, depth of this thing. These ore bodies in the Abitibi can go a long way down. This is shaping up as a, a very interesting uh, discovery. Uh, so I, I happen to be a, a lucky owner when I bought it, whatever, a year and a half ago. And I participated in the recent uh, financing. So, uh, and they, the stock's done well, and I think the future looks pretty bright there. And then one more, something called Spanish Mountain, which apparently is not just a golf course in Vegas. <laughs> no, well, I, I had a very small investment in Spanish Mountain. The only reason I thought I should mention it uh, is it's a, uh, it's a low-grade uh, deposit in BC uh, back about 10 years ago when they did their first resource they said they had 10 million ounces of somewhat low grade gold I think it might have been like 0.4 grams something like that uh, they're trying to experiment with ways of uh, reducing the capex on that but I can as I said earlier these ounces in the ground are becoming more and more valuable all the time so when I bought it last week I was paying if I assume they have 10 million ounces, it's paying $2 an ounce, okay? Now, I admit I only paid $1 an ounce when I bought Free Gold Ventures, and I upped it to $2 an ounce when I bought Spanish Mountain. But, you know, when the gold's trading in 1800 2 is probably not that bad a price. And even at today's market cap, it's gone up, paying $5 for an ounce of gold in the ground. I think it's a good deal, so I mentioned that. I should also mention the whole Treaty Creek thing. Uh, you know, two doors drilling up there in, in Treaty Creek. Um, I suggested, I think, last week that they had other zones that might be as big as the Gold Storm. And the Gold Storm already, you know, you do the multiplication, you come up with 20 or 30 million ounces. And if these step-outs hit, uh, they're gonna, that thing's going to increase real fast. And it might be early days in the size. There's been some great discussion on Stockhouse about you know, how the, how we should interpret the geology. And, uh, of course, it just it seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So I encourage people to uh, take a look at that. And most of that commentary, by the way, is on the American Creek uh, bull board on Stockholm. So that's a guy named uh, something like Wango Django or something. Very interesting comments on 
on the geology up there. I like it. So I think that about does it. Maybe I going to get Wango Django in for an Ask the Expert. I just like saying that. That's, that's a great name. Um, Wango Django. All right, my friend, anything else on your mind before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think we've All covered right. off a lot. And, uh, you know, we, it looks like we have some excitement in the market here this morning in terms of gold and silver. Let's silver go. is so close to breaking out in the spot market. I mean, it's yeah. it's within uh, uh, an ace here. So everything's looking pretty good. Yeah, we'll see if you'll uh, get some headlines when it trades with a two for the first number. It might be yeah. later today or yeah. Monday. Uh, that and, could hey, be today. As we, and as we discussed, silver still really interesting physical dynamics in silver right now. Uh, so we have some, though, at SprottMoney.com. If you want to get some physical silver, we'll even store it for you if you don't want to take delivery. All sorts of great deals at SprottMoney.com. Or, of course, you can call us at 888-861-0775. Eric. Have a great weekend, and thank you for all your time this morning. Hey, Craig. I enjoyed it. should be fun. From all of us at Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next Friday.